Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. How do we go about decision-making in pregnancy and parenthood? Do we float along on the wave of current culture, or is there possibly another way? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 171 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco. This week, we're speaking with Caitlin Dirksen, a wife of almost seven years, a mom of three kids who is passionate about all things surrounding the home, homeschooling, home birth, and a dream to one day soon homestead. She has such a beautiful way of looking at and interacting with her family, and I know you're going to gain so much insight from this incredible episode. Before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank this week's reviewer of the week, Vans Mama 2021, who writes, a podcast for all birthing people. I wish I would have found happy home birth before I had the home birth of my first baby in March of 2021. I listened to many birth podcasts, and while also wonderful and full of info, they did not hit me like the stories and information provided by Caitlin and her guests. Caitlin's presence is so warm and loving, and the way she conducts her interviews comes from a place of absolute kindness and reverence for the other person. I've referred many of my pregnant friends and massage clients to this podcast, all of whom were having hospital births. Caitlin doesn't put home birth on a pedestal or say things in a way that would shame someone who would choose or who had to choose birthing somewhere other than home. Her and her podcast and the guests she invites on are such a gift to birthing people everywhere. So excited for her new episodes that focus on topics relating to birth, along with all of the amazing birth stories she shares weekly. Thank you, Caitlin, for pouring your time and love into this incredible resource. I am so grateful for you and so excited to step into another home birth with the wealth of knowledge I've gained from you and the community you've built. Wow. I am so deeply humbled by this review, Vans Mama 2021. Thank you for taking the time to speak such loving words towards this podcast and its content. I feel like you encapsulated the exact feelings that I always pray are conveyed to my listeners, so to hear you affirm that that's what you're receiving from it, I'll admit this one made me cry. I am forever grateful for your taking the time to share such a heartfelt review. If you will email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would be so happy to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And thank you so much to everyone who has taken the time to leave a review. Each one means so much to me, and I love the way that they positively impact this show and its reach, finding more mothers to hopefully continue to encourage and empower. Speaking of this beautiful community, I want to go deeper with you if you're ready to prepare for your home birth like it's a transformational experience unlike any other, because, well, it can be. I would love to invite you to join me inside of Happy Home Birth Academy, where we can dive deeper into preparing our heart, mind, soul, and body for this monumental event to make birth sacred again. If you're ready to feel the excited anticipation while you await your own euphoric birth experience, to feel mentally, physically, and emotionally prepared for this life-altering occasion, of meeting the newest member of your family, 
Come join me now by heading to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA. I can't wait to connect with you and support you even further. Okay, let's get into this beautiful interview. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not medical advice, it's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for yourself and your family. Much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Yay, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you. It's been so fun to be able to watch really your entire pregnancy with this most recent babe. So I'm so excited to get to hear your birth story and really to hear how you got here. So for those who don't know you, would you take just a moment to introduce yourself and your family to the listeners? Yeah, of course. Well, like you said, my name's Caitlin and I just had my third um, baby and it was actually my first boy. So I have two girls that are both toddlers, a five-year-old Sayla and then my three-year-old Gemma. And then my last born uh, Wilder is my first boy and he's six weeks old. So I just finished my quote unquote postpartum phase, (laughs) although it typically lasts much longer than six weeks. So those are my three kids. And then I've been happily married for almost seven years now, which is just crazy. Um, And my husband and I both own our own online CPR company and get to work together in that. And we're very, very family oriented. (laughs) That is incredible. Wow. That's so neat to be able to work together. Yes. Yes. It comes with many challenges, but most of the time we appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Okay. So I'd love to hear uh, with your first, with Sela, you yeah. guys decided to give birth in a birth center, correct? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So what was that decision like, you know, going outside of the mainstream with baby number one saying, mm-hmm. now nah, we're not doing this hospital work. What was that like? Yeah. It's funny because our journey is probably very different than most people's that end up, you know, journeying, journeying to deciding to give birth at home. But we were very young when we got married. And then also equally young when we we were eight months married when I got pregnant with our first and that was on purpose. We both just wanted to have we want to have a lot of kids. So like we got to start, <laughs> we gotta start then. Um, and at the same time, we were moving to Idaho, which is where we now live. And I went to um, church, met a lady there who had just moved as well. And a lady, she was like a mutual, ended up becoming a mutual friend of mine. And she had just moved because she was going to midwifery school. And that was the first time, actually, I had never heard the term midwife before until I was in my 20s, which I think is just so crazy. Like I'd never heard of that. Um, And I didn't know of anybody at the time who had had like a midwife or a home birth. And so she was like telling me all about it. And I'm just like, everything resonated with like, you know, like my this like this part of me that I didn't even know was there because I hadn't even thought about giving birth at home. But she talked about it, would like talk about kind of the difference in ways, the mentalities. And I'm like, this is me. This is exactly what I want. So I'm like, when I get pregnant, I want you to be my midwife. And so then like, I think a month after meeting her, I ended up getting pregnant. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you can be my midwife now. And uh, so then that's kind of how our journey started. And I remember we had our first initial consult with her and then she works in pair with another midwife of um, who has also become a dear friend of mine now. And they were like, do you guys like have any questions, concerns? Like normally people come to these meetings with like a lot of things they want to know. And we're like, 
everything seems perfect. Like this is like totally us. <laughs> They're like, you guys are crazy. We're like, yep, we are. <laughs> Oh, that's so neat. Gosh. And it's funny because that is really a, I mean, I wasn't about to be pregnant at the time, but I was, yeah. yes, in my early twenties and had never heard of a midwife before. And then I met one and was like, okay, well, I think this is what I need to do. Like, it was just like that immediate snap of like, yes, this is, this feels so right. I totally understand that. Like, yeah, and I don't really have any questions. This seems, this seems about yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. So, well, that being the case, what was that first pregnancy experience and labor like? Yeah, it was like, it just was so cool. Like I, um, like I said, I, I, I just look at it even like how life works out because I didn't know of anything about a midwife or a home birth, which I would have just gone and had a hospital birth, not having any like necessarily negative connotations of it, but just beautiful how the Lord really connects you with people and you're able to even just like find people that really impact you in a, in a large way, but like in a sudden way. And so I just kind of began the journey of, you know, getting pregnant and being pregnant and just had the typical view of like, okay, you know, labor and delivery is going to be really difficult. There's going to be a lot of pain. You know, I was still under that mentality and one time I was reading my Bible, my husband and I are Christians, and I don't even remember what I was reading. It had nothing to do with birth. And I all of a sudden heard him, like clear as day, tell me, Caitlin, you're going to have uh, a birth with no pain. And I'm like, wait, isn't that like anti-biblical? <laughs> you know, like, because, you know, there's that one scripture where he's like, you know, talking after like they sinned in the garden or whatever. And so I'm like, you know, I'm like, God, is that actually you? And I kind of just like tucked it under because I'm like, mm, that seems a little weird. And I just only told my husband, no, told nobody else. And then we went to visit his family in a different state. And I was hanging out with a friend of mine there who knew I was pregnant, but knew nothing of like that little promise I felt like God gave me. And we were just kind of sitting there and she randomly interrupts our conversation and goes, Caitlin, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that you're going to have a pain-free birth. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like God just told me that, like it probably been a month, a month at that time. And I've just been sitting on it. I'm like, God just told me that a month ago. This is absolutely bonkers. And um, then she recommended the book, which I don't know if I would necessarily align and recommend it now, but she, was it called, is it called Pain-Free Birth? I, I forget uh, what it's called. There's, um, oh gosh, no, it, is it supernatural childbirth? That is that one. the one? That one, that one, that one. So she had recommended that one at the time and I read it. Um, and at the time, because of the mind frame that I was in, it really, really resonated with me. I felt like it was like, kind of like taking me to that, the, the mental space that I could, I think ultimately what I gained from that book was there's a level of peace that I could tap into that would ultimately give me the experience um, of the birth that I'm going after and believing for, which is one where I'm not like in crippling pain. And I feel like the biggest promise that the Lord gave me was that my, like, I would know I was going to be giving birth, like that I was in active labor, not based off of like the intensity of my contractions, but based off of like him telling me like, Caitlin, like your baby's coming now. And that is exactly what happened. Like a few days before she was born, she was due March uh, 1st. 
And so March 1st came around and like everyone who's given birth knows, like um, she was not coming um, because it's like what, like 1% of people give birth on their due date. And so then I heard the Lord, my husband and I heard the Lord through a dream and then just like, you know, hearing his voice in our, in our heads tell us that we heard the phrase baby by five. And so sure enough, she was born March 5th at 5.15 in the morning. And uh, my contractions were like, I didn't even actually know I was in active labor. I couldn't even feel my contractions. I'm just like, I know there's like this like rhythmic thing happening in my body right now. And my husband's like, I feel like we should call the midwives and just see what they think. And so I call them on the phone. They're like, no, when people are in active labor, like they sound a little different than you do right now. (laughs) They're like, you sound too calm. And so my husband's like, no, like I'm really like leaning into this. We heard baby by five, blah, blah, blah. And so then they ended up coming over and sure enough, I was in active labor. I was dilated to a seven. So then we went to the birthing center. I lived in an apartment at the time. So I was not about to scare my neighbor giving birth at home, which now I'd probably be like, whatever, I'm doing it. But then I was like, I'd rather have my own little like sacred home and space. Um, So it's kind of like a little bed and breakfast. So we transferred there and I labored for a little bit. That was at midnight, Um, labored for a little bit. And then she was born at five in the morning. And it was just like a really beautiful, beautiful experience not scary. I wouldn't describe it at all as painful, obviously very, very intense, but just like, so, so beautiful. Exactly what I had been picturing, meditating on and really, really believing for that entire time. And so it just kind of felt like a confirmation. I didn't even tell people leading up to that, what I was believing for. I was not very public. Cause I'm like, dude, I could, what if I had the worst birth ever? So I was like, kind of like waiting, letting it build my story. Like, you know, my testimony of how faithful God is and what our bodies can do, what they are created for. You know, even if we don't have a relationship with God, it's like, this is the body that he gave us and that he made. And it comes with the same artillery if you love him or if you don't. And so, you know, you, like we all were really created in a way to to birth our babies. And, um, yeah. So after, after I had that experience, I just felt like, yes, this is it. Like, this is what every birth is supposed to be like. Gosh, that is so amazing. And I really love the confirmation. Like, isn't that so special when you get that, like you get a message and it's like, okay, but, but maybe I didn't understand, you know, like, I'm not sure. And then when you get that confirmation, it's like, Oh my gosh, how sweet are you, Lord, to like yes. to know that like I didn't totally right. feel like You're confident like, in it the first time and you, Yeah. And you came back like you were soft on that and you were you were sweet and you cared about that. And so you told me again. Yeah, so good. Exactly. So after that birthing experience, what was your introduction into motherhood like? Hmm, that's good. Yeah, I feel like um, my husband and I were just actually talking about this, you know, culture, especially in the parenting realm, there's like so much pressure to do everything this very specific way. And in some ways, I even laugh looking back because I was just thinking about the difference of breastfeeding my third wilder and breastfeeding my first. And I had this little app, like there's probably some people on here that are going to laugh because you probably did the same thing, or maybe you're doing it. Um, But I had this app that would literally alert me every time it had been two hours since I had breastfed her. And I would like have to go to her sometimes and like literally take all of her clothes off, try to get her uncomfortable to 
wake her up to feed her. And now looking back, I'm like, that's so silly. Cause if she was hungry, she would have woken up to eat, which obviously there's specific scenarios where like some babies don't have those cues. And, you know, there's always those little asterisks with that. But for the most part, most babies will wake themselves up if they're hungry. So anyways, there's just so many social pressures, but I think at the end of the day, we somehow were able to avoid a lot of those and really like tap into our intuition and what we felt like was going to be best for our family. And we both had really, really good upbringings, very nurturing, caring parents. And so that also helped kind of prepare us really well. But there was just so many different things like we would, you know, our daughter would be like starting to crawl and fall over and start crying. And, you know, kind of the typical cultural response is to like, really like try to toughen them up, you know, like, you're okay, you've got this. And the thought process behind it is not negative at all. It's like a parent really wanting to raise like, brave, strong kids. It's like our you know, our intention behind it is good, but I think the communication that our kids are receiving is almost like, okay, well, crying, being weak is not okay. And just like little things like that kind of started clicking, like, okay, maybe instead of saying to our kids when they're hurting, fall down, having a rough time, you know, especially in that toddler phase or when they're development, like developing and learning so much and they get so frustrated, instead of saying, you're okay, you know, simple things like asking, are you okay? Like, are you okay? Did that hurt? Like really beginning to teach them to have emotional awareness and intelligence. And so just like, that's one example of just little ways where we were just really able to kind of set aside everything else everyone says to do and really look inward for our family. Like what, what does our intuition, our mother, father intuition tell us that our family needs? And to this day, I'm just like, I am so appreciative that we have, I mean, we've not gotten it perfect by any means, but that we have ultimately, for the most part, tried to follow our intuitions. And not that our intuitions always even lead us to the perfect end road, but we can always look back and go, okay, well, that's what we felt. That's what we felt we were supposed to lead our family in. We were supposed to do or say um, or become. And so there's like a unity between my husband and I, and then there's a unity in our family and a strengthening of trusting ourselves. You know, so many parents doubt, we doubt, I mean, especially moms, I mean, we just doubt each doubt ourselves so much um, and beat ourselves up all the time. And so really learning to trust my inner voice and to trust my own, you know, way of guiding my kids. I feel like that's one thing that was really, really strengthened with my first child, which I'm so thankful for, you know, now having three kids. Yeah. What a beautiful foundation to, to have set up right there from the very beginning and not feeling like, oh, well now I, you know, I, I'm going to try something different later on. It's, this is what we set up from the beginning. We really focused on working together and listening to both of our intuitions and allowing that to guide our family. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's such a beautiful way to approach parenthood and, and to approach it together. I mean, that's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So once you became pregnant with your second, what was that like? Yeah, so fun. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just laugh. We just both laugh. I'm like, how do we have three kids? <laughs> oh my goodness. So we we waited, I think, a little less than two, or I guess they're a little less than two years apart. So we didn't wait a super, super long time before getting pregnant with my second. And then that time it was just kind of like, 
you know, I've done this before, but then also giving like grace and understanding that every birth is so unique. So I felt like I kind of like held it twofold, you know, like I know that I'm going to experience what I experienced, but then I also know it's going to be unique in like a special, beautiful way, because this is a completely different child, a completely different body of mine, a completely different set of circumstances, life and everything. And I think that's really important, especially when you have a good experience. It's not like I'm believing for a negative experience. I'm just believing this is going to be slightly different. It's not going to be exactly the same. Um, and I was really believing for like an upgrade. I'm like, okay, that was really good. How could we even make this better? And again, it was just like this little, this little thought I had that I'm like, I didn't even know if it was going to happen. But I told myself, I told the Lord, I'm like, okay, I want for kicks and giggles. Let's just see if this works. I want three pushes. (laughs) I don't know why I just said three pushes. That's what I wanted to do. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'd push out the head, shoulders, and then the rest of the body would slip out. So three pushes is what I want. Um, And so that's just what we begin like really like visualizing, like I just kind of try to visualize my, my first did not come out in three pushes. It wasn't like this excruciating long experience. I think like it was probably like 30 minutes, which is pretty short still. Um, but three pushes is very, very fast. And so I just began visualizing it, meditating on it, partnering with my husband on that, like everything that I, you know, dream up or believe for, I always communicate with him because I want us to be on the same page And I want to be able to like, you know, really be able to focus on that together. And if I'm ever having a weak moment or feeling nervous, I want like him to be able to partner with me in that. So I think it's really important that my husband and I are on the same page so that we can be a team so that if and when during the pregnancy, labor, delivery, or even postpartum, I have like a blip or fear or anxiety, stress, like we're completely on the same page. So he knows everything I'm thinking, the three pushes, and he's like my number one cheerleader. Like he's like reminding me throughout all my pregnancies, Caitlin, this is what we're believing for. He declares it over me. He'll speak it over the baby. Um, and I think that that's so beautiful and so important and something that I always encourage when women are pregnant, like bring your your spouse, your partner in on this, even your kids. Like I bring my kids now that they're old enough into the process, especially with this third one, so that they can know exactly what I'm believing for. And so yeah, three pushes is what I was believing for. And Gemma, that's my second. Her birth was just absolutely wild. Like, I had no idea I was in active labor. And I must have been in active labor for a while. And my midwife was actually over at the house. And she's like, again, same circumstance. She's like, No, you're not in active labor, because you look way too calm. And, and so then she actually ended up leaving and going back to her house. And like from our midwifery appointment, we just happened to have an appointment that morning. And so she leaves and goes back to her house. And I'm just like, I don't, I really feel like you're supposed to be here. Well, anyway, she ends up walking through the door as the baby's head is coming out, as Gemma's head is coming out. Because I went from like not knowing I was in active labor to like, oh my gosh, I thought I needed to go number two, which, you know, those of us who have given birth... (laughs) understand it's a very similar feeling right there at the end so I'm like I think I need to go to the bathroom and I like start walking to the bathroom and I'm like nope I don't have energy to go to the bathroom so I got on the bed I felt like dizzy for a split second because I wasn't I didn't even know I was like giving birth and then I felt the Holy Spirit say get on all fours you're giving birth so I switched got on all fours 
And then instantly, like, I don't even remember pushing, like her head just came out. And then it was like three seconds later, she slid out. So I got my three pushes and my midwife was like running and throwing on her gloves so that she could catch the baby. My husband wasn't even fully in the room yet. He had like left to go get me a snack and then heard me and then was like, oh my gosh. And he came running and darting so that he could be there at that split second that I'm giving birth. So she came in so fast. I was like, wow, okay, I guess, you know, you really, you really showed up there and all that, all that like mental, you know, preparation and focusing and really honing in on what I wanted it. Like it really, it really showed. (laughs) You sure honed, you honed in pretty good. (laughs) I honed in and she came like too fast almost. (laughs) Wow. So Sayla, you said she was, they're about two years apart. Yep. Was she around for that or was she, she more involved? She actually happened with- to not be there. Um, she was she was out with grandma. Actually, Gemma, my youngest, or sorry, not my youngest, my second now. She's not my youngest anymore. <laughs> um, she was born right around Christmas time, December 30th. So we actually happened to have all family in town. So she was at like some Christmas family gathering um, with grandma. And so then she came home right after Gemma was born. And it was so, so sweet. I think like knowing what I know now, she definitely could have been involved and been a part of it and would have probably loved being there. Um, even though she was so young, she was like, you know, I think she was like three or four months short of two, but girls are also very mothering in, in nature. Like I look at both my girls now and if Wilder starts crying, like it doesn't matter if they're downstairs, they are there by his side in a second. And they are like soothing him like, Wilder, you're okay. And I'm like, you are my sweetest little mommies. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. You <laughs> speaking of that, you posted, I guess, uh, I can't remember if it was a picture or something on your stories yeah. of your daughter holding him in the carrier. Oh my so word. Cool. I just was like, this is the sweetest thing. And my daughter was like looking over my shoulder and she was like, oh, <gasps> Is that a sister holding a baby? <laughs> I was like, yes, it is. And she was like, mommy, if you have another baby, can I hold it like that? <laughs> yes, you can. I love it. That is adorable. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. Okay, so yeah, so you have this second birth. And once again, the things that you prayed for, the things that you meditated yeah. on, they really came to fruition. That's it's just so beautiful. So what was it like being a a mother to two girls now? Hmm, That's good. Um, It was really, really special. I think we, I, one thing I feel like I've learned too, especially we were learning with the two is like, you know, when you hit that like toddler phase, you're like, well, this is so hard. And then, you know, there's all the little complexities, like every toddler hits. I love it when people are like, what do I do? Cause like, they feel so embarrassed. Like my toddler like hits. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, every toddler hits. <laughs> you should <laughs> just know it's not that you're a bad mom or a bad parent or you have a bad kid. Every toddler all over the place is hitting kids right now. Um, but then, you know, then we had my second and we'd go through like the same phase that we thought was hard with my first. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. We know exactly what to do now. And then even now, now that my first is five, I'm like, oh, five is hard. And I'm like, you know what I think I realized is that just the new things, the new things with kids are really difficult to navigate through. And then with your second and third, you're like, okay, I already know this. They're going to hit. 
this is what I know I like to do when they hit. This is how I'm going to go through it. Um, So anyways, I think it was a lot of that. Just like, okay, we've been through this. They both have very unique personalities. But at the same time, there's almost like less stress of like, oh, I'm not a bad parent because you're doing A, B, C, or D. Or, you know, oh, I'm not failing or you're not failing. There's a little less, I feel like a little of the pressure was off. Um, And because like we've always been really really family oriented and gone after when my second was born actually was like a huge season of healing, especially in our marriage, but just in our family as a whole. Um, and I really feel like that's kind of our, like the intention of our family is just like really be there together to be present, to be vulnerable together, to be intentional. Um, so everything we do, you know, in that season with having the girls is trying to figure out how to have just the most quality, in intentional time with our kids. Um, and so for us, that looked like really going after our own healing as a couple, um, between my husband and I, so that we could then, you know, create space for my kids to either not experience the same emotional traumas or for themselves to, you know, be able to heal in the same ways, because I just posted on my Instagram. I don't even know the quote, but it's so good. It's like, you know, when your kids, when your kids are quote unquote being disrespectful or disobedient and, and we feel triggered as parents, it's really like an invitation to look into why we're getting triggered and what needs healed in our own self or what needs healed from our own past. And that season with my second just so happened to, for some reason, usher us into a season of exactly that, looking into both of our pasts and really choosing into healing. And I feel like that sets us up when they're at a really young age to be able to, to live life to the fullest with, with them as they're growing and journeying. Yeah. Oh man. So many things that you just said, <laughs> just so agree with. And this idea of, okay, so if it, we can't do everything right, number one, so right. that's yeah. off the table, like it's not going to happen, right. but we can set ourselves up to be growing and learning and in partnership, not only with our spouse, but also with our children, understanding that, well, we're going to have mess ups. We're going to have things that need healing. And Mm -hmm. I can love my children to the full extent of love. And I'm still not going to do everything right, but giving them the tools to work through that with you and it not being a taboo issue and it not being something that they feel like they have to hide from you allows for healing in the now instead of like, Oh, well, I'm going to bottle this up and hold on to it all for, you know, for 30 years. And then suddenly now mm-hmm. I've got to deal with it in this big explosion. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yep. That is so good. I mean, that just is such a beautiful way to look at things. And I, I really love the, the family culture that you've seemed to cultivate and yeah. are the way that you are able to so openly discuss what is going on, like I said, not just with your spouse, but also with your children. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, so all of that being said, let's talk about this most recent pregnancy and birth. Yes. I know. It feels like it feels like that was the longest pregnancy, but I'm almost like, how has it already been six weeks? It's just, everything goes by so slow and so fast all at the same time. You know, it's like your pregnancy feels so slow at the end. And then you have your baby and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to go back to how slow it felt when I was pregnant with you. <laughs> Why does time work this way? I know it's like, it goes by so, so fast. I did want to add to, I feel like 
I feel like um, it's just when you listen to other people's birth stories, sometimes that like goes, especially if you, if you haven't given birth or if you've had a traumatic birth and people have had, you know, more quote unquote positive births, I feel like it can be really immature like intimidating or almost make you feel like you did something wrong. So sometimes I almost feel like bad sharing my stories because they've gone really, really well. And I just feel like there's like so much grace for even those that are listening. Like if they've had a bad experience or if they're nervous, they're going to have a bad experience. And they're like, what is this girl even talking about? Like, how did she have these really weird, (laughs) crazy experiences? Um, You know, is she even lying or making it up? Is she exaggerating? I just feel like there's there's so much grace to really tap into what you specifically want as a mom. Um, And even then so much grace for those who have had births that didn't go like how they wanted. I just feel like I'm supposed to say, you didn't do anything wrong. It's not like I did something that you didn't do, or I tapped into something that you didn't do. I don't really have the answers. I wish I had the answers to why bad things happen. That would make all of us feel so much better in life. Um, if somebody could please answer that question. But again, I just feel like I'm so safe. You're listening and you had a, you envisioned an experience like mine and you didn't get it. Like you didn't do anything wrong. You're not bad. You're not a bad mom. Your body isn't bad. Um, because I feel like we just beat ourselves up again so much as moms. Like, oh, I just didn't do it like everyone else. I didn't do it perfectly. I didn't do it like, you know, this person that I'm listening to. But um, so just random side note there. But my my third um, pregnancy and birth has also been quite the adventure. This one is really funny, which like you said, you've been, you've been there from the beginning. It's not funny. It's only funny now because I'm out of it. But <laughs> the- <laughs> Seriously, the day we've lived in rentals for all these. So my kids have been born in different homes, but we were living in a rental. um, And the day of my or the day before my due date, I found mold in our rental. And I'm like, totally not down with mold. And so I'm like, okay, we're gonna need to get out of this house. And so then the next day, which is the day of my due date, we are packing up our house and relocating to an Airbnb. And so we could only obviously half pack. I just had to like literally go get all of my supplies for giving birth at home, like the birth tub. We just had everything, bags and bags of stuff. And then I've already got two kids, obviously. And so we're just trying to figure out whatever we can get out of the house as quick as possible. And at the same time that I'm trying to pack up the essentials, the remediation team is like busting through the doors and got their like big old fans. They're like tarping up the rooms and my daughters are weeping because it was their bedroom that had mold in it. And it was like one of those experiences where you're like, am I living real life right now? I'm supposed to give birth right now. So then I'm like, okay, I guess the baby's coming at any day. And so that next, uh, Wilder was born, which we didn't know the gender at this time. Um, so I didn't know I was having a boy, but he was born, I think like a week afterwards. He was, he was late. He was maybe even later than a week. All of mine are super late. Um, and so every single day was pretty much like trying to gradually get stuff out of our house, trying to deal with insurances. And then our property management company was a pain in the butt and just like super rude. Like they ended up actually telling us that we should still be living in the house 
that uh, the house was livable, even though they were doing restoration, which the restoration is going to take like, it could take like six months. And they have half of our house tarped off with fans that you could not even hear. Like you couldn't hear my husband talking in the same room. They're so loud and cords everywhere. And he's like, I'm sorry, we can't help you because you should have been living there. I'm like, homeboy, I'm trying to give birth right now. I can't be living there. (laughs) So there we were in an Airbnb. And, um, and I just really, this is where I really had to lean on my husband. Cause I'm like, I was so stressed having to call like lawyers, insurance people, deal with the property management company, trying to move our stuff. We had to find a new rental. Um, so I pretty much was on the phone all day and then I, I had two toddlers, which you don't get a break when you have two toddlers. Um, and so he was really, really like continuously like pouring into me like, okay, Caitlin, this is a massive change we could not have expected, but you're still going to get the birth that you're believing for. You're still going to get the birth that you've been meditating on. Like you're still going to have the experience that you were designed and created to have. And so, you know, even though I'm like so fatigued and tired and like, am I honestly kept thinking like, am I even going to give birth? Like, is my body so stressed that I won't even ever go into labor? Um, and he sure enough came and he actually came funny enough on the day that we had 25 people orchestrated to officially move us from rental A to rental B. And so he came at like seven in the morning and then my husband had to leave, I think like four hours later to then go move us. So this birth was absolutely crazy because of those circumstances, but the actual labor, labor and delivery went Again, exactly what I was believing for, exactly what I imagined. And the biggest thing I was believing for and like really picturing was this peaceful experience with my girls because this is the first birth that I was having them and in, in, like completely involved in. And we had done so much work leading up to this. Like I didn't just throw them into this experience, hoping they would have a good time. Um, we did a lot of like birth, birth videos <laughs> leading up to it. And like the actual birth videos where they hear the sounds and where they see like even the crowning and some people might not want to have their kids experience that at a young age, mine are five and three and they loved it every single day for nine months. I'm not exaggerating every single day for at least one hour, one to three hours, they would play home birth. And I have the most hilarious videos because my five-year-old would be like, and then my three-year-old would be like, okay, just keep grunting it out. (laughs) It's like, you guys are literally way too cute for life. So they would play home birth the entire time leading up those nine months. They had a very realistic expectation and even like image of what birth looks like. And we watched some of the pretty ones too, that have the music over it and stuff. But I feel like if you want your kids to be there, like, please tell them what it sounds like, because otherwise the sound could be like, oh no, mom's in pain, um, you know, or even like the facial expressions or what the body looks like, or the fact that there's blood, because like blood is associated as something bad. So we really dove into all those things. And there wasn't a single thing that scared them or was like over their head. Um, they really like, they, they're so excited to be little mommies themselves, which is so beautiful to me. So that was the one thing like I was really envisioning is for some reason I wanted to give birth in the birth tub this time. This is my first water birth. The other ones, I just felt more comfortable on the bed. Um, and so I pictured the water and the water is exactly what um, happened this time. And then I pictured my girls with me, which is exactly what happened. And I wanted them to be a part of every experience. Um, and it ended up just being 
an incredibly beautiful thing. He came out, he was 10 pounds, two ounces. He is, he is still currently giant. Um, and when he came out, the video is hilarious. My midwife's faces are just like complete shock. They're like, he is huge. And I gave birth to a 10 pound baby. And I think like I had the whole thing documented and I think it was like two minutes. He came out in two minutes as a 10 pound baby. <laughs> wow. Which I was hearing the story of a friend of a friend and she was going through, she had all of her appointments because she's having a hospital birth in the, in the hospital. And she was about to give birth. I think she was like, do any day. And they checked her and they were like, oh, you're going to, your baby's measuring at 10 pounds. Cause in the hospital, they like check size. I think, I don't even know. I've never been to a hospital appointment. And they told her that she could not give birth and that she needed to have a C-section. And she went in for an emergency C-section for a baby, the same size as mine that I pushed out in two minutes with absolutely no issues, no tearing, no, no excess bleeding, no, you name it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It's crazy how others get to, or feel like they can decide what your body in, can and cannot do. Right. They're, you're not living in this body. <laughs> you did I not know. design this body or this baby. At least give it a chance. <laughs> right. Gosh. Wow. That is, I mean, that's so incredible. And what do you, I mean, I, I've seen some little bits from that home birth experience, but how did Selah, how did Gemma have kind of integrate that experience? What was it like for them? Do you think? Yeah, it was really, really awesome. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and it was kind of similar to the other ones. I just knew, which again, goes back to everything I said, the more we really like honor our inner voice, the more it really, really guides us. And so I woke up at four, four 30 and I just knew I was not having contractions at the time, but I just knew I was like, I'm going to be giving birth soon. And then an hour later, um, I woke a funny story. I woke my husband up and then he instantly ran to the bathroom and had some diarrhea. Cause he was like, Oh my gosh, I gotta be prepared for this. And so he's like, I'm up for the day. If you don't have a baby or not, he's like, he body had to he, clean it out. Just like a mom's body. I would Exactly. I wish he was here. He's hilarious. Um, so he was ready. He was amped and ready to go. And so at 530, that's when my contractions started peaking, um, like started coming. And at this time, you know, it's my third birth. So I'm like, okay, these are contractions. I know this. So then we had my midwife come at like, I think she was there around 530 or six. And then that's when they started filling up the tub. And that's when I woke up my girls. And so then they were awake with me and I was laboring in the bedroom while they filled the tub. The tub takes so long to fill up. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just laboring on the bed and they were there with me, just like m- mimicking everything that I'm doing, you know, kind of they're swaying back and forth, doing deep breaths with me. Um, and they were over the moon excited. The videos are just so beautiful. My mom captured all of them. And then so transition to the birth tub then. I was only in the birth tub for 30 minutes. So then by the time I transitioned there, everything kind of was like picking up. But then at the same time, it's like, I look back at videos and I'm like, how was that a minute before I gave birth? Like, I look like I'm just hot tubbing. And so my girls are right there with me and they've got like, they were in charge of like getting me my little cold rags and my snacks and my water. Um, Just they're, they're like my little doulas, honestly, which I kind of explained to them. I'm like, this is kind of what a doula does. Do you guys want to be my doulas? And that's pretty much the role that they took. And then as soon as like he started coming out, I just knew like, 
you know how you normally push through a contraction, breathe, push. As soon as I started pushing, I was just like, I I just need to power through. I just need to push, 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 push. And my midwife was like, you should take a breath. And I'm like, nope, I don't need a breath. I'm just going to keep pushing. And then when he came out, we're like, oh, we understand why you're just kind of like power through that sucker because he's chub. So, and his head was huge. <laughs> and so anyways, they were both right there. It's funny. My three-year-old, her recap is I saw his purple head coming out. You know, it starts out really purple, like when it's crowning and coming through. So they got like a really explicit view of everything. And then my three-year-old was the one who wanted to check the gender and cut the cord, both of which she ended up doing like a few. Obviously, it was a while afterwards that we found the gender and then a while after that that we cut the cord but they just both wanted to be a part of the whole experience and that's exactly what they got to do and even now they still continue to play play birth together but it's like a whole up leveled game now because they've actually experienced their mom give birth um and I can just I like I just already know like it's not going to be something that they're scared of as they grow older and even their perspectives are going to be so much different than mine um, because of what they've gotten to experience, which to me is just so exciting. Not that I'm a perfect mom, but I'm just like, this is so exciting. I'm so glad that my path led me here to being able to include them in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, it, it does. It feels like such a gift to be able to give your, your daughters, all of your children, that, that experience of, yes, this is what our body was designed to do and this is how it works. And here you go. Like, come on in, come watch it unfold. (laughs) That my daughter was two and a half when my -hmm. second daughter was born and having her as part of that experience has always been such a, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just been so great to me and the questions that she would ask and the things that she did, they all stand out so deeply in my mind. So I totally relate to that. And I do look forward to the idea of, oh my gosh, in the future, my two girls will be older. Like they'll be able to be involved even more so. And Mm -hmm. how sweet, how thrilling is that to be able to provide that? Mm -hmm. It's really how it would have been, you know, back in the day, just like it, it would have always been a family event and something you remember forever. And so I just feel like that that whole season that we went through was not just me and Wilder, you know, me being pregnant with him, but it's really this whole family season that we got to be invited to together. And then the whole experience of birth was again, another family encounter that we all get to literally remember and cherish forever. Like I know that they will remember that as such a beautiful, positive thing for the rest of their life. Mm. Yep. And even with, and that's, I don't know, that's what's so amazing about birth it all of the external stuff the mold the moving here and there and all of those pieces that you just could not expect you could not prepare yourself for Mm -hmm. that in any way like birth still happens it still it still happens it baby still needs to come out (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yep. My midwife used to always say like, I can guarantee you that your baby will not graduate college inside of your belly. Like, <laughs> I can make that promise. Okay. It feels like, it feels like years in the last month. You're like, I think I've been pregnant for three years in this last week alone. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. That was so funny. Well, okay. So you're saying, I mean, now in the, in the postpartum season, Wilder mm-hmm. has three moms. <laughs> really so <does>. beautiful. <laughs> the, I don't know if he'll think it's beautiful when he's two, but right now I think he enjoys it. 
and you guys were able to move into your your new yes. house. Yep. <laughs> Thank goodness. We're now moved in and settled. That was an experience of itself. I mean, postpartum, you know, you're like leaking literally everywhere. And I could not find the box that had my underwear. And I'm just like losing my mind. Like, where is my underwear? I had to lay on the couch, on the towel, just bleeding on the towel because I couldn't find the box with my underwear. And I'm just like, this is, this is postpartum, right? And this is like postpartum survival style. <laughs> this is humbling. <laughs> this is very humbling. <laughs> it's, it's humbling. It's exactly it. But I think it's like what you said, even it's like, you know, under all of that stress, my body knew exactly what to do. Like, I was losing my mind. I was so tired and stressed and my body just took over and it knew what to do. And I have had enough experience trusting it um, that, you know, I just let it do what I knew it was created to do. And so it's like, I think we can even look at it as this beautiful example of like, it doesn't really matter even because some people are like, okay, before you give birth, you need to remove all the trauma in your life. And I'm like, dude, trauma hit my life the day I'm supposed to be giving birth. And I saw a beautiful, incredible, amazing birth experience, exactly what I wanted. Like there's nothing about it that I'm like, oh, I would have changed that. And that was under traumatic, stressful circumstances. So, you know, never, never adopt a a lie or a belief that's like, oh, because this or this or this is happening, you can't have the birth that you want because you definitely can. Mm, Yeah, that is such a beautiful perspective. And one thing that I want to kind of touch on now here towards the end is, like you said, the perspective that you have brought into parenthood, you know, an approach that has been so gentle and intuitive and and actually before i even go into this this that just reminded me something that you have kind of touched on is the fact that because you have listened to your intuition it's strengthened it over time and i feel like sometimes what happens is maybe we do get a little voice like maybe we get like a hint of like oh i don't think i should do that or maybe i should do this and and sometimes it can be so small that we just swat it away or ignore it. And that is just actively, you know, kind of pushing that intuition away. But when we focus on it, when we give that kind of like center stage and allow ourselves to be like, oh, I'm feeling this. Like, what does that mean? Why am I feeling this? And getting really curious about it. That is what allows our intuition to bloom, which is what I believe. I'd love to hear what you think about that. Yep. No, I think that perfectly describes it. And I think also it's strengthened when we honor it because then we get to see the fruition of it. You know, so it's like when I when I honored the the things that I heard about my births and then saw them happen, it's almost like this oh, that is true. And then when you hear, you know, that voice again, when you hear, when you feel that urge, that inkling, however you want to describe it, um, I see my intuition as the Holy Spirit's voice in my life. But, you know, I believe that we all, you know, we hear his voice in a different way. And like our intuition, we perceive it in different ways. Um, You know, we could hear a word, we could see like a picture of something like an imaginative thing. But when we honor it, and then we see it come to fruition, then we have more confidence to honor honor it later. And then that's the snowball effect of really beginning to see it, um, you know, beginning to have that strengthened and see it come to life. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that is exactly what I'd kind of love to hear a little bit more about in your parenting approach 
kind of marrying that intuition with how you're raising your children and how that has impacted the the approach that you've taken. Could you kind of talk about that? Yeah, we took, uh, we didn't have context for the names of what it was when we decided upon our parenting style, which our parenting style is ever evolving, um, which I think it should be. Because the, the more you grow, the more you learn. And the more we have open minds to adapt to anything in life, the healthier people we become. Um, you know, when we close off to a way of of exploring or thinking, you know, then we become very close-minded. And so, you know, we're always growing, but at the time we just really tapped into those little voices that we kept hearing of different things to kind of change or tweak or people we wanted to become, things we really wanted to hone in on and, and for our kids and come to find a few years later that there's a whole style of parenting around that topic, which would be called gentle parenting. We actually didn't have social media at the time of our first. And so like even, you know, around the topic of anything like home births, vaccinations, uh, style of parenting, I was all self-discovered before we even had social media. Um, but we danced. Yeah, we adopted this, you know, style that's that we now know as gentle parenting, which I really see as there's probably all kinds of facets of gentle parenting. But I think my biggest passion and what I want to teach my kids is emotional intelligence and awareness. And I think that our story impacts, you know, our future so much more than we realize. And a lot of people see trauma as like, was I sexually abused? Did my parents hit me? And they don't take note of all of the little traumas compiled that impact them as adults. And, you know, if I could offer my kids anything, I wish it could be a trauma-free life. I couldn't do that because I'm not perfect. And there's exterior traumas, um, like having to move. Like that was very traumatic for my girls because they, they absolutely loved that room. Um, so I can't offer them a trauma-free life, but I can offer them, you know, the ability to understand what they're feeling and then to understand what to do with that. And a lot of times there's really, really big emotions, especially in this toddler phase, which is the one that I'm in. And we as parents are so triggered because of our pasts. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a two-step process. We have to get healed or go on a healing journey so that we can then help our kids become healed kids. And like, kind of like what I was mentioning earlier. So in, in all of this process, I want my kids to know that they're allowed to feel angry, sad, excited, happy, anxious, depressed, whatever it is. I want to help them create a name for it. And then I want to help them understand what to do with that. And that is very, very challenging. I'm just like every other parent in the world. Even though I adopt the style of gentle parenting and I want to be gentle does not mean I'm always gentle and it does not mean I'm always perfect. And, you know, this is where we offer and extend ourselves grace. And I think the other important thing that I've learned and really um, adopted as a lifestyle in, in our parenting and my husband and I as well is that when I am not gentle and when I'm not perfect, I own that and I humble myself before my kids, even though they're five and three. And I let them know that I am not perfect, that the way that I spoke to them was absolutely not okay. And even now they like feel so much permission. They'll be like, um, mom, you're not talking very nice. And I'll be like, shoot, I need to go take a deep breath. But it's like my life is an example to them, you know? And so then they, they understand that their expectation, that the expectation I hold them to is not perfection because that's not even what I hold myself to, but it's one where we, we know what we feel, we communicate what we feel. And when we mess up, we say, you know, we take responsibility and we account for our actions and then we 
we, you know, communicate how we're wanting to improve and do that better next time. And so I think those are some of the like real, and there's so many topics involving parenting, but I feel like those are kind of like at the core when I narrow everything down, it's like, okay, go after your healing as a parent go after your healing as a couple and then watch your kids like get to inherit and walk in the promises that you just, you know, unlocked in your own lives and then have grace for yourself because as gentle as you want to be, you won't always get to be because having three kids, dishes, cooking, trying to make enough money to survive in our world and all of that is a lot of pressure and sometimes this the cap comes off and you snap and it's just like us with our spouse I'm like I'm not always perfect and loving with my husband we snap at each other all the time it does not mean that our relationship is severed and that it cannot come back together it just means we need to take ownership come together and reconcile and it's the same with our kids like we don't have to have so much like I feel like more people have pressure and burden and like stress for how they're failing their kids than the stress and burden of how they like want, you know, the things they want to implement. Like we eat ourselves alive as moms with the things that we are quote unquote doing wrong. And so just know in the same way that your relationship with your spouse or your friends is not severed by one mistake, your relationship with your kids is not either. But, you know, there does need to be that that lifestyle of being able to say I was wrong. And I think a lot of parents kind of, you know, especially older generation parents are like, oh, well, if you say sorry to your kids, then they'll just walk all over you. You just need to kind of pull the trump card. I'm a parent. I do what I want. And it's like, sure, you can do that. As long as you're okay with your kids pulling the trump card of I'm a teenager, I'm going to do whatever I want, you know? So it's like the way you live is the way they're going to live. So if you don't like something you're doing or if you don't like something they're doing, chances are it's something you're actually doing yourself. And so if there's if there's a flaw in your kids you're noticing, like whatever it may be, take a look in the mirror because most likely it's something that needs to be pruned or, um, you know, grown in yourself. And so, you know, if I want to, if I want my kids to have a humble lifestyle, then I need to lead out on that um, when I make mistakes. Oh gosh, that is all so good. (laughs) It's just so beautiful. And, And I will say that I have tried, you know, from from the very beginning, actually, when I um, became pregnant with my daughter, I had discovered rye parenting. So like Janet Lansbury and things like that. And I was so grateful that I had had made those. I I understood that. But then Mm -hmm. implementing it as she got older became so (laughs) difficult. And I had these great ideals. And then here I am falling short, falling short, falling short. And, And it was eating me alive. And it was not until I realized, hey, Caitlin, you've got a lot of emotional healing that you've got to figure out and you've got to really focus on that. And so healing my, uh, healing my nervous system Mm -hmm. has changed so much and honoring the, the experiences of my past and then Mm -hmm. helping my body reprogram and recalibrate and recognize the past as a beautiful gift, even when things didn't always feel so beautiful. I mean, it has just, it's changed everything. And it's changed the, not only like the external, because I mean, really for me, I mean, obviously, gosh, wouldn't it be so great if our kids obeyed us and listen, you know, like, wouldn't that be cool? Right. (laughs) But like, I just, I so deeply care about my daughter's hearts and 
what their hearts are aligned with and the Mm -hmm. truth and beauty and goodness of this life. And I feel like I have been able to get so much deeper on that level once Mm -hmm. I was able to let go of some of the pain that I was holding on to. Yes. Um, So good. Yeah. Gosh. Caitlin, this has been such a beautiful conversation. And I was so excited to get to talk to you after, like I said, seeing your last pregnancy unfold Mm -hmm. and seeing such a beautiful birth. Thank you for sharing your stories, which are incredible in and of themselves, but the compassion that you hold for your children and the way that you're approaching motherhood and family, it's it's really inspiring. Would you mind sharing your social media information with others? Because I've gotten so much out of your information, especially you did uh, a couple of posts on discipleship and they really just Mm -hmm. meant a lot to me. So would you share your information? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my Instagram is very simple. It is my first and last name, Caitlin Dirksen. So (laughs) it should be pretty easy to find, but thank you so much for having me on. I feel so honored to be on this podcast and so honored by you. And it has been a complete joy to be on here. And I hope this encourages some mamas. Yep. Thanks for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast, Caitlin. I feel so blown away by the simplicity and joy that Caitlin brings to pregnancy and motherhood. As we head into this week's episode roundup, I want to reiterate a few points we covered here today. Number one, it's okay to do things differently from other families and to focus on what works in your family's culture. Just because your aunt or your mother-in-law or neighbor did things one way doesn't mean you have to follow suit. It's not disrespectful to choose your own path. I'm sure many of you resonate with that already. I mean, we've probably all had the experience of a little backlash to our birthing decisions. Am I right? Also, I realize that I pronounce aunt, aunt, and I know that if my husband listens to this, he will crack a joke. So I'm just pointing it out. Yes, guys, I say aunt. I say aunt. (laughs) Number two. Next, I loved the way Caitlin truly tuned into her intuition. She didn't push the voice away. She leaned in and listened harder. She had her husband pray over her and encourage her, and together they worked on honing in on their God-given parental intuitions. We were designed to disciple our babies, and when we tune out the noise and tune into what is working for our family, I think we oftentimes do know how to do that so beautifully well. And finally, let's discuss the beautiful balance of Caitlin's births. What did we learn? Well, we learned that birth can be exactly what you want, pray for, ask for, envision, meditate upon. It can be. There is so much power and excitement and thrill in that. It happened for Caitlin three times despite difficult external circumstances with her most recent birth. And now, on the flip side, not everyone is going to experience this. And if your mind is set on having a very specific experience that does not pan out that way, it can sometimes lead to disappointment or a fear that maybe you didn't do something right or you didn't deserve a good birth or, or, or. And just like Caitlin so beautifully affirmed, that is straight up false. I like to remind myself that every birth has a lesson for us. Sometimes those lessons go down easy like a spoonful of honey and others feel a bit more abrasive. But no matter the specific events our birth holds, please remember, 
We are the one who chooses how we get to integrate the experience. We can choose what our birth means to us, and we can choose to approach birth with the knowledge that however it unfolds, there is beauty in it. I hope that makes sense. Every mother, every baby, every labor are different. But whatever our labor brings us, we can take those lessons and apply them to our lives, to our motherhood, to grow and stretch us in the most beautiful ways. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and subscribe because we are on YouTube. I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.